Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. <laughs> it's June 25th, 2019, and that means there's exactly six months until Christmas. Today on the show, we'll talk about the history of Christmas in July. I'll also count down my five favorite Christmas songs that you seldom hear on the radio, give you a way to defeat those non-Christmas blues... That pun will make sense later. And we've got a few Christmas news updates. Plus, we'll have the clash of the carbs in our Road to the Christmas Bowl. Okay, let's start the show. <laughs> Greetings, fellow merrymakers. It is I, Tim Babb, wishing you a happy Leon Day. We've done it. We have officially hit the halfway mark. So, as is our tradition, let's play our official Leon Day Carol. Hold on a minute, baby. Hey, alleged ghost of Bing Crosby. What's up? That isn't a Leon Day Carol. That's just Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. I know, Ghost Bing. It's a little joke I do every year. I've got a genuine Leon Day Carol for you. Leon, 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 half of our waiting for Christmas is done. That's really great. Ghost Bing. Hang on, I'm not finished. Oh, you're finished, all right. We've got to move on with the show. We've got a big announcement. Oh, okay, well, let's hear it. No, I'm not making the announcement. Wait. What? To hear the announcement, download the latest episode of Christmas Past. There's a link in the show notes of this episode. Go ahead and download it. I'll wait. Wait, what's going on right now? We're waiting for them to download the special Leon Day episode of Christmas Past. Uh, How long do we have to wait? Just until they hear the announcement. Can I sing my Leon Day carol while we wait? Absolutely not. Oh, you're no fun, baby. And we're back. Can you believe it? Super exciting announcement, right? So if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, I hope you can join us on November 24th. Wait, what for? The thing that Brian just said on the announcement that everybody just heard. I didn't hear anything. That's because you were too busy flapping your ghost gums instead of downloading the Leon Day episode of Christmas Past that is linked in the show notes at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. But the rest of us are super excited. Remember, November 24th, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, I hope to see you there. I gotta go download this announcement. While he does that, let's go to our first segment, because we need a little Christmas now. We need a... Muppets get to sing more than me? Would you clear out, please? Go write some more fantastic Leon Day carols. Great idea. See you later, baby. Okay, where was I? Ah, yes, a little Christmas now. So if you're itching to sport a little Christmas spirit in the off-season, but you don't want to have to constantly defend yourself against those non-Christmasers out there, I've got the perfect covert Christmas attire. Socks! Go ahead and slap some Christmas socks on. You'll feel that extra spring of holiday joy in your step, uh, literally, and no one will know. People rarely see your socks. They're all the way down there on your feet. In fact, they're usually mostly covered by your shoes. 
Unless you're wearing sandals with socks, but then it doesn't matter because you have clearly stopped caring about what people think of what you put on your feet. Hey, but it's June. What happens if I don't have any Christmas socks? I'm glad you asked, imaginary listener. That kind of sounds like Kermit the Frog. See, what I try to do is scoop up Christmas socks during those post-Christmas sales. But if you miss that, Amazon always has stuff you can order. Or if you really want to do something special, the official Can't Wait for Christmas podcast store has Christmas socks available 365 days a year. I'll even put a link to our socks in the show notes of this episode. Or you could take regular white socks and draw a snowman on them with a sharpie. That's more my speed. Whatever makes you merry, my friend. But that's my tip. Christmas socks. I just posted a picture on the official Can't Wait for Christmas Instagram of my Santa socks, but I'd love to see yours. Either post pictures of your Christmas stocking defeat and tag us on Instagram, or leave us a picture comment on our Facebook page. However you want to do it, all I'm saying is, sock it to me! Huh. You can't see it, but the imaginary listener that sounds kind of like Kermit the Frog is facepalming right now. So hard! Anyway, that's his issue. Let's move right along to our countdown feature, Five Golden Things. Christmas music. What's not to love? Every December you start hearing it in stores, restaurants, and on the radio. It's part of what makes the season so magical. And while you're sure to hear some songs every year, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, Andy Williams' Most Wonderful Time of the Year, and of course Bing Crosby's White Christmas. Hey, did somebody say Bing Crosby? What have I done? Goes Bing. I don't think that one's quite ready yet. Workshop it and get back to us. I'll be back, baby. Undoubtedly. My point was that although there are many favorites that dominate the airwaves during Christmas time, there are a lot more obscure songs that are still wonderful that don't get as much airplay, if any. So this list is a salute to my favorite Christmas songs that you rarely or never hear on the radio. Here we go. Number five. Jingle Bells by Disney. Or something? Dashing through the snow In a one-horse open sleigh O'er the fields we go Bells is all over the radio at Christmas. If you go back to our 2016 episodes, we spent a whole year talking about all the best versions of this song. But even we left this one out. For some reason, I have no idea who sings it. I only know that it's Disney, because the music is the exact same music used in this version with little kids singing that I've had on a record since I was a kid. But this version that's on my list has a grown-up dude singing. And I've loved this version ever since I heard it in a Christmas song compilation I found on YouTube, but the person who posted it didn't know who it was, and my internet searches have come up empty. I can only ever find the little kid version, or a version with Mickey in the gang. So you're probably never going to hear this version on the radio, because no one knows who's singing it. Who are you, Mystery Jingle Beller? Number four. It feels like Christmas from the Muppet Christmas Carol. It's in the singing of a street corner choir. It's going home and getting warm by the fire. It's true wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas. The Muppet Christmas Carol is beloved. I don't know anybody who doesn't love it. Yet for some reason, the music never makes its way onto the radio. And I don't know why. All the songs were written by Paul Williams, the same one who wrote the songs for the Muppet movie. Kermit's One More Sleep Till Christmas seems like a good fit for the radio, as does this song from The Ghost of Christmas Present. It's full of warm Christmas feels, thanks to a wonderful performance by the late Jerry Nelson. So come on, radio stations, crank this one up! 
Number three. Oh, what a merry Christmas day from Mickey's Christmas Carol. Oh, what a merry Christmas day. Hear the joyous music play. Bells are ringing, choirs singing. Oh, what a merry Christmas day. This is the song that actually inspired me to make this list. I love this song. It's such such a great mood for the film because it's so perfectly Christmassy. It's such a beautiful song, but you never hear it outside of Mickey's Christmas Carol. I don't know why. Maybe Disney never released this on any album, so maybe that's why it doesn't play on the radio, but it jolly well should. Number two. Another Christmas song, Stephen Colbert. Hey, it's another Christmas song. Yay, another oft-returning, royalty-earning Christmas song. I've got plenty more, so go buy a modem. Log on to iTunes and pay to download them. Hey, for another Christmas song. Way back in our first episode, I did a countdown of my favorite funny Christmas songs, and this was definitely on that list. But the production values on this song are so great, it deserves some airplay every year. Yes, it's a silly song, but we gotta hear those barking dogs every year. There's definitely room to hear Stephen Colbert. Mentions. Children Go Where I Send Thee, Kenny Rogers with Home Free. Children Go Where I Send Thee. I said, How shall I send thee? I'm gonna send eight by eight. Eight for the eight stood at the gate. Seven for the seven couldn't get to heaven. Six for the six that couldn't get fixed. Ever since I heard this song on Jeff Westover's My Merry Podcast, I have loved it. And while Jeff and the gang occasionally play this on Kringle Radio, I've never heard it anywhere else. Now granted, maybe I'm not listening to the right radio stations, so that's why I only put this as an honorable mention. And my other honorable mention is Christmas in L.A. by Wolfpack. and I were discussing favorite Christmas songs and he told me about this one. I have included it in my list of warm weather Christmas songs last year. Now, I don't know who Wolfpack is and I've never heard any of their other music besides this song, but I do love this song and I never hear it on the radio. Number one. Christmas Together from The Christmas Toy. Old friends, dear friends, hear where we ought to be. So last year for Muppet Vember, we did a deep dive on the Jim Henson classic Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. While I was doing research for that, I ran into another classic Henson Christmas special, The Christmas Toy. I only had to hear a few bars of this song before I was flooded with nostalgia. I know there's not a clean version of this that they could play on the radio, but man, I wish there was. Even if the modern Muppets just did a cover, I would love it. I love this song so much, I want to hear it more. Anyway, that's my list. What about you? What are your favorite Christmas songs that you never hear on the radio? Leave a comment at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. Speaking of your comments, let's hear some of them as we get some feedback from our last show. Messages from listeners everywhere. Feedback on our last show. Feedback on our last show. So this first one is the ultra-rare feedback on some feedback. It's a feedback loop! See, Glenn wrote in last time about a great American city to visit during Christmas, which I called Frankenmuth. Well, Glenn left a comment saying, Tim, it's actually pronounced Frankenmuth. Rhymes with tooth. But it was great hearing you try to pronounce it. Thanks again for a great show. 
Thank you, Glenn. And along the same vein, Dave left this comment on our Facebook page. Hey, Tim, thanks for the latest app. Just the Christmas I needed at this time. As always, a delight. Just an interesting pronunciation choice for the Michigan city where Bonners is located. It's a quaint little town settled by Germans, and with that comes a tricky little wordplay. Though it is totally spelled muth, it's actually pronounced muth. And what's fun is that October, it's in the location of one of the big Santa Claus training centers. And after a big German chicken dinner at one of the destination restaurants on a Friday night in early October, a busload of Santas come to Bronner's and walk around the giant Christmas store. It's a delight. Not being a man to miss an opportunity, my kids and I stop as many Santas as possible and ply them with questions trying to find the real big guy. We have a blast and the Santas are delighted too. So I wouldn't call this correction as much as a choice because it's not that big of a deal. But if you ever find yourself out this way, let me know. I live about 40 minutes from Frankenmuth, and I'd love to get over there whenever I need a little Christmas now. Happy holidays! Thanks for the added Frankenmuth info. And I love happy holidays! I wish I could do that with my name, but happy holitim doesn't have much of a ring to it. Maybe babby holidays? Eh, I'll work on it. Thanks for the comments, guys! Last time I also did a rundown of my favorite funny quotes from Christmas movies and asked you to send in yours. Art sent in this one on Facebook. My favorite funny Christmas movie quotes pretty much come from the Santa Claus and Jim Carrey's version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Those are two of my all-time favorites. I quote from them all year. My favorite funniest quote is from Grinch, and I always love a chance to use it. For instance, whenever my wife asks me about my day's plan, I'll usually start off with... Four o'clock, wallow in self-pity. Four thirty... Stare into the abyss. Five o'clock, solve world hunger. Tell no one. 5.30, jazzercise. 6.30, dinner with me. I can't cancel that again. Seven o'clock, wrestle with myself. Loathing. I'm booked. Of course, if I bump the loathing to nine, I could still be done in time to lay in bed, stare at the ceiling, and slip slowly into madness. Love that movie. Thanks, Art. The Grinch definitely has some funny quotes in it. That movie gets a bad rap, but I think it's a lot of fun. We also got a lot of comments about the latest Christmas Bowl matchup, but we'll talk about that when we get to that segment. The last comment we got about the last episode isn't really about the last episode, so it's a nice transition to our general feedback section, Santa Bab's Mailbag. Santa Bab, he is gonna read some emails from you or tweets. Or Facebook messages to Santa Bab. He is opening up his mailbag tonight. This is from Jolly Jennifer, who writes, Besides Christmas, one of my other passions is OTR. I found the perfect half-Christmas Leon Day app yesterday, selling Christmas cards from the Aldrich family, 1942. Henry and Horner are trying to sell Christmas cards in June because of the time it takes for them to arrive. I love it when my worlds come together. Jolly Jennifer. So it took me way longer than it should have to realize that OTR stood for Old Time Radio. You can find the YouTube link to the show she mentioned in the show notes of this episode. We also got a comment on the website from another Jennifer. Not Jolly Jennifer. Which is not to say that this Jennifer isn't Jolly. It's just that she doesn't use the name Jolly Jennifer. You get what I'm saying. So she just left a comment on an old episode, episode 38. In that one, Rachel wrote in about having a Leon Day picnic, and Jennifer commented, I listened to this episode again in anticipation of this year's Leon Day, and I'm wondering what a Leon Day picnic would consist of. Maybe that should be a part of the podcast. Jennifer, you're absolutely right. That would have been a great idea for today's show. Unfortunately, I did not get a chance to contact Rachel and ask her what her picnic consisted of. Personally, I would include turkey sandwiches with stuffing and cranberry sauce on them. Maybe some sparkling apple cider to drink. 
But Rachel, if you're still out there, let us know the details of your Leon Day picnic. Or if you're not Rachel and you have Leon Day picnic ideas, we want to hear those too. It's probably too late for this year, but you could always prepare for next Leon Day, or you could have a Christmas in July picnic too. Send us your ideas on the website, social media, or email us at christmas at tancast.com. And now a word from one of the other fine podcasts in the Christmas Podcast Network. We're the elves from Tis the Podcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. And Tis the Podcast is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Join us each week as we rank, review, and discuss all your favorite Christmas movies and television shows. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes it's a verbal brawl. But each and every week is guaranteed to be fun. Come join us. The Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is part of the Christmas Podcast Network, a collection of the greatest Christmas podcasts around. You can find out more about that show and all the great shows on the network at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. But now, before we take a deep dive into Christmas nostalgia, let's check in with what's going on in the here and now of Christmas in our news segment, All I Want for Christmas is News. Baby, all I want for Christmas Give me that news, baby. Yeah, news. Our first story is great news if you like Christmas podcasts. And if you're listening to this, I have to assume you're at least somewhat interested in them. Well, there's a new pod on the block called the Christmas Clatter Podcast, hosted by Todd Killian. Todd celebrates the Christmas spirit all year. Join him and his guests for monthly discussions about Christmas news, entertainment, gifts, decorating, and everything else that makes Christmas special. Check them out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. And... Todd actually wrote me recently to share an update on a story we talked about in March of last year. On episode 36, we talked about the rise and fall of Toys R Us, but apparently the last chapter in the Toys R Us story has not yet been written, because Toys R Us is coming back this year. And by coming back, I mean opening at least two stores! Yeah, apparently there was some kind of a toy conference in Vegas recently, and the CEO of True Kids, who bought up the intellectual property rights to Toys R Us and Jeffrey and all that when it went out of business, he talked about his future plans. We heard about this from several sources, including Isaac Larian, the toy executive behind Bratz Dolls and Little Tykes Toys, who said they're considering opening up two stores to begin with and then go from there. I hope they're successful. There is a need for an independent toy chain in the U.S., whether it's Toys R Us or something else. So there you have it. Two new Toys R Uses popping up before Christmas this year. Odds are we're all going to need to drive pretty far to get to them unless we happen to live in one of those cities. We'll keep you updated as this unfolds here at CWFC News. Speaking of updates, last time I mentioned that Disney California Adventure was bringing the classic Soaring Over California back for the month of June. Well, June is almost over, but they've announced they're keeping it Soarin' Over California for the rest of the summer. So if you want to ride Soarin' and get a little taste of Christmas at the very end of the ride, now you have until the end of August to make your trip happen. And in TV news, the Hallmark Channel is really going all in on Christmas this year. They're celebrating 10 years of their Christmas movies, and the celebration continues with a ton of Christmas movie programming for Christmas in July, including two new movies that will premiere in July. For the schedule, check out the link in the show notes from our good friends over at allthingschristmas.com. But speaking of Christmas in July, let's talk about it! Sip some eggnog in the sand, candy cane melting in your hand. We're feeling jolly and I know why it's Christmas in July. 
roast chestnuts on the barbecue door. You log on the campfire to put ice cream on your pumpkin pie. It's Christmas in July. It's Leon Day, which is the unofficial kickoff to Christmas in July. Yes, we still got more than a week of June left, and here in America, we don't really get started with Christmas in July until after July 4th for some reason. But what exactly is Christmas in July, and how did it start? Some say its beginnings come from the Southern Hemisphere. Some say it started in the United States. But we're starting our journey in the land of champagne and cheese. You see, the first recorded use of the phrase Christmas in July comes from the 1892 French opera called Werther. There's a group of kids rehearsing a Christmas song in July, and one of the characters sees this and says, When you sing Christmas in July, you rush the season. But in French, it sounds like this. Actually, I have no idea if that's the part. I don't speak French, but it's definitely somewhere in Act 1, Scene 2, which is what that just was. But no matter what, the phrase Christmas in July is definitely a Werther's original. Make it stop! He loves my puns. But clearly the celebration of Christmas in July was not launched from this naysaying line in this French opera. So where did it start? Well, since no one was doing Christmas podcasts at the time, no one actually documented it. But there are some theories. There's a legend that a group of folks traveling by stagecoach got stuck in a freak July blizzard in Yellowstone Park. They were trapped in Old Faithful Inn, but rather than let it ruin their spirits, they decided to celebrate Christmas. Now, the flaws in this theory are many. First of all, no historian can verify any freak blizzard in that area during July. Also, you may have noticed I didn't mention what year this happened. That's because tellings vary wildly between sometime in the 1930s to even the 1920s, sometimes before the Old Faithful Inn was even a thing. Lastly, are we to believe that these stranded stagecoach travelers whose names we don't even know were such tastemakers that the entire country followed suit and emulated their vacation mishap? I think not. There's a similar legend from the land down under where legend tells of some Irishmen on vacation in the Blue Mountains near Sydney, Australia. Now, it's winter in Australia during July, so the snowstorm wasn't as unexpected, but the northern hemisphere-dwelling Irishmen were inspired by the weather to hold a Christmas in July celebration. And once again, we are to believe this idea spread through the country because, of course, as goes some random group of Irish tourists, so goes Australia. Of course, this is said to have happened in the 1980s, so we know this can't be the origin of the tradition. Some say the first Christmas in July party was held by an Ohio fraternity in 1884. But that is literally all they say, so I'm not sure if I believe it. Like, no one knows the name of the fraternity that supposedly did it. I feel like they'd be claiming it if it were true, and I'm no expert in scholastics, but I'm pretty sure most schools aren't in session in July, so why would a fraternity be holding a party? One celebration that we definitely know happened was at the Keystone Camp for Girls in Brawford, North Carolina in 1933. They had a celebration with Santa, a Christmas tree, and snow made from cotton. I tend to believe this one because the camp still brags about it. Paige Ives, the current director of the camp, said in an interview a few years back that the celebration happened because the camp's co-founder, Fanny Holt, insisted on it. And the tradition carries on at the camp to this day. But Hollywood got in the action in 1940 when Dick Powell and Ellen Drew starred in the film Christmas in July. It's about a guy who thinks he won $25,000 in a contest and goes on a mad shopping spree after proposing to his longtime love. Dick Powell and Ellen Drew in Christmas in July. Meet Jimmy, a good-hearted all-American guy. And Betty. They have the moon, the stars, and each other. What more could two young lovers possibly need? 
Well, I earn 18, and you earn 22, and that's 40. Sure, sure. And you got your ma, and I got mine. You get a kid, and you have to stop working. We're right back at the 22 again. Except then there's you and the kid and the two old ladies and me. But, Jimmy... What they need is a little old-fashioned luck. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the moment we have all been waiting for. We are about to give you the result of the $50,000 Maxford House new slogan contest. With a first prize of $25,000. That's right. $25,000 for inventing the Maxford House coffee slogan. And guess who won? Well spent. That's a great slogan. No, no, sir. If you can't sleep at night, it isn't the coffee, it's the bunk. I beg your pardon? It's a pun. It certainly is. Fortunately, our hero would never let success go to his head. I put out a secondary brand. To catch the in-between trade, say, uh, waterberries. It's the berries. Because success can be fleeting. You mean I didn't win? That's right. There go the toys for the kids, the new Davenport, and the promotion. Officer, I want all these people arrested. Who do you think you are? But some miracles never go away, as Dick Powell and Ellen Drew discover in the film classic Christmas in July. The movie isn't exactly a cinematic masterpiece, but it definitely helped popularize the Christmas in July idea. But then, World War II broke out, and the U.S. Post Office encouraged people to ship out Christmas cards, correspondence, and gifts in July so that they would have time to deliver them by Christmas. After the war, the advertising folk got wind of this idea and ran with it. Christmas in July sales were advertised as early as 1950. Companies wanted some sweet marketing opportunities in the summer, since there aren't any really gift-buying holidays in the summer. So Christmas in July is a great reason to get some people into your store for some crazy sales. Merry Christmas! Are you nuts? It's not Christmas, it's July. That's right, and that means it's time for Smith's Christmas in July sale. Smith celebrates Christmas every July. It's a tradition of savings on furniture, appliances, electronics. There's more bargains than whiskers on Santa. Who lowers prices as the temperature rises? Smith's Furniture, Appliance, Electronics. That's who. <laughs> not only that, it's a good time for crafty people to start long-term projects that they want done by Christmas. For the rest of us, it's just an excuse to have a little extra Christmas fun in our year. For us up here in the Northern Hemisphere, it's a chance to do Christmassy celebrations in the warmth of summer. And for the folks in the Southern Hemisphere, it's a chance to have a Christmas celebration in winter that matches up with all the movies and TV they get from us here in America. And the great thing about Christmas in July, that no one owns it. You know what I mean? It's not a church thing. It's not any sort of official holiday. It's just a thing a bunch of us have decided that we want to do every year. So you can celebrate any way you like. Crank up the Christmas tunes. Watch some Hallmark movies. Have a Christmas picnic. It's your Christmas in July. You celebrate any way you want. Come join us, crazy Christmas folk. Take the sweater off before you get heat stroke. There's not one snow cloud in the sky. It's Christmas And now, it's time for a good old-fashioned food fight as we head down the road, road to the Christmas, to the Christmas Bowl! All year, we're going to be having two different Christmas dishes compete each month for your votes until we decide what is the ultimate Christmas food. Last time, it was pumpkin pie versus cranberry sauce, and you guys had some thoughts about this matchup. 
The biggest question came from Jennifer. You know, the one who's not jolly. I mean, she is, I'm sure, jolly. But anyway, you remember. Jennifer asked, I'm curious as to why pumpkin pie and cranberry sauce were paired, since one is a condiment and the other is a dessert. Mike agreed. And to be honest, Jen and Mike, I don't have a good answer. I mean, they're both sweet, and I sometimes treat my cranberry sauce as a dessert, and I only eat it after I finish everything else on my Christmas plate, but basically the real reason is I was down to the last three slots for the Road to the Christmas Bowl, and this pairing made the most sense of the ones I had left. But I accidentally touched off another mini-debate that got started by Megan. She says, have you ever had real cranberry sauce versus canned cranberry sauce show? Let me be the first to vote for canned sauce and the wonderful sploot sound it makes coming out. Then Mike said, and actually compare the chunky type with the jello type. Thought about that listening to your awesome May podcast. To which Jolly Jennifer replied, I liked canned Holberry, the best of both worlds, but the canned shaped cylinder is also a classic and so easy to slice. So thanks folks for the comments. The whole berry versus jellied cranberry sauce is a separate debate. It's not under the jurisdiction of the Christmas Bowl. It's definitely a debate worth having, perhaps another day. And some folks had their own spins on cranberry sauce, like Sean, who said, Terrific episode. I haven't made pumpkin pie in years, but I make cranberry sauce every Thanksgiving and Christmas. I use apple juice instead of water, and I put fresh ginger and anise in it. Gives it a little heat. But bringing it back to the topic at hand, Marsha left a comment on the website saying, I must have too much time on my hands because I spent days contemplating cranberry sauce or pumpkin pie. I finally came to the conclusion that neither should win because those items are more closely associated with Thanksgiving. As are the bean thing and that mincemeat pie. In fact, the whole Christmas meal is kind of a repeat of Thanksgiving. Maybe a Christmas menu all its own would be a nice idea. Fruit salad, chicken Kiev or orange chicken, mashed potatoes and gravy, if you're a gravy person, broccoli and cheese sauce or tons of raw veggies with ranch dressing, croissants, and sponge cake with lots of frosting. And a little ice cream on the side. So good, I'd like to try it tonight. Hey, and the cake should have a candle on it for you know who! I was in capital letters. I don't know if that's how you're supposed to pronounce it, but I think we all know who she's talking about. And then Jennifer replied to this with, In my family, and later in my ex-husband's family, Thanksgiving and Christmas were very similar. However, the sides on Christmas were a little less rigid, and instead of pumpkin pie, we had mincemeat. At Christmas, we also had both ham and turkey, whereas Thanksgiving was turkey only. Thanks, ladies. And yes, the Christmas meal has a lot in common with the Thanksgiving meal, but we're more than halfway through this competition, so we ain't stopping now. So let's get to the results of your voting. With all the talk of cranberry sauce in the comments, I thought it would win by a mile. But surprise, with 79% of the vote, pumpkin pie was the clear winner. It'll be moving on to round two later this summer. But enough of the last round, let's get to today's matchup. It's a clash of the carbs. Let's, let's meet the contestants. The contestants. La, 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 la. In, the, in red the red corner, corner it's the it's mixture of dried breadcrumbs, bread onions, 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 celery, celery salt, salt, pepper, pepper and other and herbs and spices, spices that, is that is more than the sum of its parts. parts. Whether you Whether get it you out of a stovetop box, box or make it yourself, it's stuffing! In the green corner, it's a food that's already been through battle before it's even gotten to your plate. It's been boiled, smashed up, and mixed with milk and butter. Sometimes they're peeled, sometimes the peels are left on. Either way, they are mashed potatoes! It's up to you to pick the winner. The poll is open now at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. You can vote once a day, every day, until the polls close on July 23rd. Then we'll announce the winner on our July 25th show and see which of these will continue on the road to the Christmas Bowl. 
And that's going to do it for today's show. Once again, I hope you can join me and Brian on the 24th of November. For what? The announcement, Ghost Bing. Uh... You never downloaded the latest episode of Christmas Past, did you? Whoops. Go download it. Listen to the awesome announcement right now. The link is in the show notes at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. Okay, okay. And the next episode of this podcast is our fourth anniversary episode, so I want to do another listener feedback special. That means I need you to send me questions and suggestions either on the website, social media, or you can email me directly at christmas at tancast.com. I've already got a special listener guest lined up for the five golden things segment that I'm super excited about, but I still want as much of your feedback as possible in this next episode. So send it to me. Quick, quick, quick. Also, don't forget to let me see your Christmas socks on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and be sure to vote on either stuffing or mashed potatoes in our Christmas bowl poll. Okay, that's all I got for you today. Have a happy Leon Day and a Merry Christmas in July, and until we meet again, keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2019. Oh. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you for listening to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on iTunes, or we're available on Stitcher and Google Play as well. If you'd like to leave a comment on this or any episode, go to our official website at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store, where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, bumper stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas merchandise all year long. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash can'twaitforchristmaspod. Or on Twitter, we are at christmaspod. Or you could always send us an email directly at christmas at tancast.com. The Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is part of the Tancast Podcast Network. We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band. And this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the Accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Kristen Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. (laughs) All right. Recording a little ahead of time this time, so I'm not rushed. So I'm hopefully I'll be able to read my lines calmer, and I'll have less outtakes this episode. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. No one asked you! Hey, alleged ghost of Bill Crosby. Hey, Bill Cosby. (laughs) Hello, ghost of Bill Cosby! The one that you like, not the one that you don't like anymore. Okay, let's leave this alone. I'll go back and get some jello pudding. That isn't a Leon Day Carol. That's just living on a prayer by Bon Jovi. I didn't quite say that right. That isn't... <laughs> so, uh, what, seven sentences into the show? Already five outtakes. So much for a relaxed style, making it easier to not mess up. Or you could take regular... Wegula? Uh, 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 white socks. <laughs> They're so wascoey. But if you ever find yourself out this way, let me know. I live about 40 minutes from Frankenmouth. Mouth. Mouth. <laughs> I did again. And in TV news, the Christmas...
the Christmas channel. If that were a thing, I would love it. But there are some theories. There are. There are. Yeah, there are. There's a similar legend from the land down under. <laughs> I shouldn't do that. I should never do that. No one should do that. So you can celebrate any way you like. Crank up the Christmas tunes, watch some Hallmark movies, have a Christmas picnic. Picnic? Yeah, picnic. Huh? Are you going to pick me? No. Terrific episode. I haven't made pumpkin pie in years, but I make cranberry sauce every Thanksgiving and Christmas. I use apple juice instead of water, and I put fresh ginger and star anise. Oh, boy. Hang on. Let's say how to say that word. Anise. Well, unless Siri is steering me wrong, it's anise. <laughs> nope. The joke that I am not going to make, I am going to continue not to make it. Some folks have their own spins on cranberry sauce, like Sean, who said, Terrific episode! I haven't made pumpkin pie in years, but I make cranberry sauce every Thanksgiving and Christmas. I use apple juice instead of water, and I put fresh ginger and star anus in it. <laughs> oh, man! Anis. 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 <laughs> anise. I'm gonna say anise. I don't care if it's... I don't care if that's not how you pronounce it. I'm gonna say anise. Like a nephew. And anise. Because... If I say it the other way, there's no way people are not going to think I said something else. I don't care. I don't care if I'm saying it wrong. I am. I'm taking one. I'm taking this one. I'm saying it. I'm saying it how I'm going to say it. <laughs> Leon Day, when it's mid-June and Christmas is fun. But you need some Christmas Would you stop that? You're a real party pooper, baby <laughs> <laughs>